You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Can we put our hands together for King Jesus just for a couple of moments in this room, and we magnify you and glorify you, and I'm telling you, he's going to speak to someone today. Um, That question about suffering. That has been the most consistent question that I've received as a pastor over 25 years of full-time Christian ministry. I've been doing this for 25 years. Can you get your mind around that? I know I don't look old enough to have done this for 25 years. You know how they say Asian don't raisin, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but I've been doing this for a while, and that is the most consistent question that I've received in my journey as someone who's ministering the gospel and trying to represent God well to a lost and broken world. Why suffering? If God is good, why is there so much evil in the earth? If if God is so kind and so here, why does it feel like sometimes the world is spinning out of control? The question about suffering. And it's so important that we lean into that question as a faith community. Because all of you have asked the question, and if you all don't process that question with an open Bible, with an open heart, in a circle, with people who love Jesus as well, you can end up landing in a very dangerous, even destructive place. Because even logically, as you think through that proposition, Why does God allow suffering? You can land in a couple of logical places. Either God wants to do something about the suffering, but he can't. His hands are too small, his arms are too short, his power is too limited. God wants to step in, but he can't. And if that's where you land, you will end up seeing God as a weak God, as a limited God, and you can't truly worship a weak God. For others, you might land in this place. Okay, God can do something, but he won't. In an instant, with a word, with one move of his hand, peace can befall the earth, war can end, healing can come, resurrection can unfold. He can do something, but he won't. He he has the power to do something, but he refuses to. And if you land in that place, you'll see him as an apathetic God, a God who sees the issues but doesn't step in or help. And your view of an apathetic God will cause you to feel a distance because you can only ever get so close to a God who doesn't care. I want to suggest to you today that there is a third view, there's a third landing place that we can land in that doesn't leave you seeing God as a distant God or an apathetic God, or as a weak God, but as a God who is up to something in the midst of suffering and is doing something beautiful, as crazy as it sounds, through your suffering. There's a faith zone that we can land in that can help us as a faith community deal with suffering differently, and as wild as it sounds, God can actually use the way citizens of heaven Endure suffering, engage in suffering, come through suffering to show his glory, to show his goodness, to declare a very good gospel. 
That's the reason over the last couple of weeks, we've been getting around this concept that if we are willing to be different, we will make a difference. How many would agree that the world needs, come on, someone to make a difference? Well, it was God's plan that we would be the agents of change, light in a dark place, hope in a helpless space. We were destined by God to make a difference, but we first must be willing to be different. And the way we engage in and endure suffering differently can and will, by the grace of God and for his glory, make a massive difference. But we gotta be real. We have to ask these questions. Why God, especially as citizens, as people who are a part of your kingdom, as sons and daughters of God most high, why do you allow us to go through suffering? Hey, you're Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, why do I suffer through lack? Why are we finding it hard as a family to make ends meet? Hey God, you're Jehovah Shalom, the God who is peace. Why do I have to wrestle with anxiety? Why do I have to wrestle with worry every single day? I thought the peace of God that transcends understanding was meant to take that away. Why do we have to go through that? Hey, you're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So why the cancer diagnosis? Why that sickness, that disability, that disease? It doesn't seem to line up, especially for a child of God. Why suffering when you're so good? Well, the people of the New Testament were asking that exact same question. Because suffering is not new. Suffering was something that the first century Christian was tasting all too often. And they were asking this question, and that's the reason First Peter, in many ways, was written. To respond to this question that's been resonating for the last 2,000 years. Why do citizens of heaven have to suffer? God, what are you doing through the suffering? And you'll see Peter's response here in 1 Peter chapter four. If you've got time this week, I encourage you, as we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, especially diving into Daniel, into 1 Peter, to take more time to read through the whole book of 1 Peter, and you'll see that he addresses this question again and again and again, because the question resonates in all of our hearts, and we must find a faith landing zone for all of our souls not just so you can make it through this season of suffering, but so you can make the most, by the grace of God, of this season of suffering. First Peter chapter four, verse 12, Peter's saying, hey, dear friends, not throwing shade at anyone. Hey, dear faithless people, dear weasels who aren't appreciating the grace of God. No, no, we're all in this together. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the crazy trial, the bad diagnosis, that seemingly unending pain, that deep, dark pit you find yourself in. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 
Get your mind around that. What, 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 a, what a challenging concept that, that in the midst of our suffering, there is the potential of rejoicing. Not only rejoicing, but an overflowing of rejoicing. Overjoyed. You can't even handle how good this is. In the midst of suffering? That doesn't seem to make sense. But here, Pastor Peter, carried by the Holy Spirit, is giving all of us, like he was giving the first century church, incredible context to suffering for the citizen of heaven. And when you lean into the context, and when you lean into what God is doing through the suffering, and what suffering is for a citizen, God in his mighty, marvelous, and miraculous way turns the worst moments of your journey into potentially the best chance to put God on display. So what is happening in the midst of suffering for a citizen? What, what, what is God saying while we are going through a valley where it feels like it's never gonna end? Well, the first thing he's saying is this, that suffering for the citizen is a part, or an American, part of the journey. Suffering is a part of the journey. So I get emails still to this day when I say the word part. People don't understand what I'm saying. They think I'm referring to like a golf putt or something like that. And no, no, no. Suffering is a part of the journey. I'm trying so hard for you people. If you're going through suffering, it doesn't mean you've done something especially bad. If you're going through suffering, it doesn't mean that God's forsaken you. We have to break this erroneous, even paganistic thinking that says that if something bad is happening, it means that God is withholding his good. Sometimes really bad stuff happens to the best people. Suffering is a part of this journey. This side of eternity, marked by fracture, incompleteness, fretting, worrying, the kingdom of God that is now but not yet, there still is suffering. That's what he says here in verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised. When you're telling someone not to be surprised, what does that mean? That they're probably surprised right now. They're all mumbling and grumbling amongst themselves. What's going on here? This is not what we signed up for. We signed up to be with the one who died and rose again and is everlasting. We signed up to be on the winning team. We signed up to be with the one who will never leave us or forsake us. We signed up so that our life would get easier, not harder. So we're pretty surprised right now. I kind of feel ripped off. And here Peter is saying, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the testing, the trying, the tribulation, the pain, the hurt, the suffering, the betrayal, the failure, the persecution. Do not be surprised that this has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. If someone is telling you that this ain't strange, what's happening? You think it's really strange. And so if you're sitting here right now a little confused or befuddled about why suffering 
befalls the journey of a citizen, you're not alone. We've all asked the question, God, I feel you so close, why won't you move? God, I can tell stories about healing, why not now? Hey God, you have stepped in on so many situations, you've even saved my life, but it feels like it's ebbing away right now and you ain't doing a thing. Suffering is a part of the journey. This side of eternity, you can expect at least some seasons of suffering. Now, I need to make this clear. The Bible makes it very, very clear that it's a fiery ordeal. An ordeal is something that you experience for a period of time. It starts and then it finishes. And if some of you have this resonating in the back of your heads or your hearts and you're going, hey, you know what? My whole life is gonna be suffering. No, it's just an ordeal. It's just a test. Some tests are longer than other tests, but it is not the definition of your life, but it will be, come on, a part of your life. And it makes a difference in the way that you engage in suffering. I remember a couple of years ago, I flew on a budget airline that will remain nameless, but it is named after one of the parts of the Trinity, spirit. And (laughs) never flown it before, haven't flown it since, all right? Anyway, myself and Austin Blunt, who's a part of our team, we were going to Detroit, Michigan, and uh, the church that was bringing me out had sent me enough money for one Delta ticket. Uh, Austin really wanted to come on this trip. So I said, if you can turn this one ticket into two tickets, uh, then you can come with me. And Austin miraculously did it through the power of the Spirit. (laughs) Spirit Airlines. I didn't know what to expect. I'm relatively new to America. All things in America are shiny and just bigger and more beautiful and just flashy and wonderful. So understand my shock when I get onto that Spirit Airline and half the people don't even have a seat to sit on. You know what I'm saying? They got like a little mat and they're just sitting in the corner holding onto it. What's going on? Oh, you gotta pay extra for a seat. What? So you're finding yourself on a seat and it's made out of this hard plastic. Like there's no padding on the seat. What's going on? Why is there no padding on the seat? You gotta pay extra for the padding. I want a drink, so I'm looking around for a flight attendant. No flight attendants on it. And I ask, Austin, where do I get the drink? You don't get drinks on a Spirit Airlines flight. We're about to take off. I feel like I should be told to put on a seatbelt. No seatbelts on Spirit Airlines. I'm messing around, but. And I'm there the whole way through this flight, mumbling and grumbling. Why? Because I didn't expect that from Spirit. My friend Austin, Happy as a clam, looking out the window, looking forward to the journey ahead. Why? Because he knew what to expect. And across the New Spring family, we want to declare that no matter what is going on the earth, it is still in God's hands. No matter how out of control things seem, it is Jesus who still holds the world together. Every tear that falls, he recognizes it, he remembers it, And I promise you, his glory, his goodness, his peace, and his kindness will be seen. In the light of all of his sovereignty and his goodness, there still will be seasons of controlled, overseen, limited time suffering for the 
citizen. If you're here right now and you're going through a season of suffering, it doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong. Now, let's be real right now. Sometimes we do stuff that causes suffering. That's another talk for another day. But for many people in this room right now, under my voice, you just got to hear. It's a part of the journey. And it's for a limited time. And God is still in control. Can you say a good amen to that? The second point is this. Not only is suffering a part of the journey, suffering progresses you. For the citizen, suffering is not an example of God forgetting about your journey, but actually proof of God's interest in your journey and him providing a detailed, personalized test so that you can progress through this journey. You've got to flip flip the script. That's the reason it says here in verse 12, again, dear friends, don't be surprised as the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. This trial you're going through It's not evidence of God forgetting you, but God remembering to set a test for you. And what do tests do? Tests reveal what you know and what you don't know, what you can walk forward with and what you need to learn, so what? You can progress. Every test is laid before you so that you can pass it and progress. We say it all the time. No one likes tests, and if you do, you're weird. But everyone loves tested things. Why? Because a tested thing is an evidence of past tests and the opportunity to progress. Nobody likes tests, but we all love tested things. Trust me, the next time you get onto a plane, potentially a Spirit Airlines flight, because you're now thinking about Spirit Airlines, Trust me, you want everything on that plane tested. When you're looking out the window and looking at that wing, you better be praying in the name of Jesus that the bolts holding on those wings were tested. You don't want Friday afternoon just before a long weekend, you know what I'm saying, kind of testing. Hey, we're close enough, everything else was good, let's just pass it through. No, stop my friend and test the bolts. You want the pilot who is like giving the pre-flight announcements to be tested. You don't want that individual to have, you know, gone through the Grand Canyon online school of piloting, paid a fee, got himself. No, no, I want you to go through all of the testing. Why? Because unless you pass a test, you should not progress. And as a group of citizens, We need to flip the script on what suffering is in our journey. It is not God's anger. It is not God's leaving. It is not his absence. It is God's provision for us to do something in our lives so he can do something glorious through our lives. So stop running from the test. Stop faking sickness and not taking the test. Stop changing location so you don't have to go through the test. Lean into the suffering and ask the question, what is your suffering revealing about what you know about God and what you don't know about God and what you better get about God so you can get to everything God has for you? Some people 
like cheating the test. They sit in the test and they pretend that they're learning from their suffering, but the whole time they're getting more disappointed, more doubtful, more distant from God. Lean into the test. Some people numb their way through the test. They're kind of sitting the test, but they're drinking their way through the test or they're drugging themselves through the test or they're trying to find all these kinds of other distractions so they don't have to actually learn from the test. Come on, let's be real. Some people try to escape the test. It's getting too hot here right now, so I'm gonna run away from this relationship, run away from this marriage, run away from this small group, run away from this church. At some point in your journey, if you're gonna progress into every good thing that God has for you, you got to sit the test or take the test. Sit the test is an Australianism. I heard that y'all don't understand that. Take the test. Pass the test so you can progress. That's the reason James, in chapter one, verse two says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials or tests of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Some of us are going through life. We might be old in age, but immature as citizens because we have been skipping tests our entire life. I have not grown most through these moments standing before you talking about God. I have grown most as I lean into the tests that have been afforded to me. I have a spiritual rhythm in my life, some life-giving disciplines in my life, and they are all the fruit of the test of type two diabetes that was allowed into my life one week after I got married. I have a prayer life right now like I didn't have when I started walking with Jesus in my early 20s because of the anxiety that I felt, the dark moments that I went through in my early 30s. I learned how to pray in the midst of the most painful season of fear in my life. I've talked about trusting God my entire journey but I don't know if I really ever trusted him until I found myself living in a country, serving a church that I love, but not knowing how long I'm gonna hang around here for because of you know, just paperwork and visas and all that kind of stuff. Again, again, if the government is watching, I love you here legally, it's all good. God bless America. I'm here for it. But when you find yourself praying every single day, God, can you just come through? And then another day of silence? But I'm telling you now, trust has gone from a theology that I subscribe to to the way I actually walk every single day with my wife, Chris. And how did that come into my life? Through a test. A test is designed for you to expose what you know and what you don't know. Pass that test to progress. Thirdly and lastly, so suffering is a part of the journey. Suffering is here to actually progress you, to mature you, to get more of God into you. And ultimately suffering projects Jesus. 
That's what it says there in verse 13. But rejoice. Could you imagine? You're speaking to the first century church. And, and Peter's talking to a group of people who are deeply and profoundly persecuted. Nero is the emperor and he hates Christians. He's pinning everything on Christians. They're being dragged out of small groups. They're being dragged out of house churches. They're being tortured in public, killed in coliseums, set on stakes, covered in tar, set on fire to light the streets at night. It was a hard time to be a Christian. At the same time, there was lack and famine and disease. And so into the midst of all of that, Peter has the confidence to not only say that it's a part of the journey and it's a test to progress you, but you should actually rejoice in the middle of it. In fact, he says, you should let that rejoicing become an overjoyed countenance. I can't contain it. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to suffer alongside you, the suffering king who saved my life. That blows your mind. But let that shake your heart and stir your faith that as we suffer by the grace of God and ultimately for his glory, it projects Jesus. It reveals God. The gospel is seen clearest through the way citizens deal with suffering. Look at that. When his glory is revealed. Rejoice, be overjoyed, not if, when his glory is revealed through your suffering. Remember overhead projectors? Remember them? All the Gen Z people looking all confused in the corner over here. Anderson University way past all those overhead projectors, you know what I'm saying? You got like 4K HD kind of action up on the screens, you know what I'm saying? Kind of just brought up around New Spring Church and you just don't know the old days. Remember the overhead projector? Come on, who remembers the overhead projector? All right, oh, a lot of people. So you know my deep and profound joy when the first ever volunteer job I was given at Clayton Church of Christ was overhead projectionist. I, like, I flipped the term overhead projector artiste. Because... For the Gen Z people, so the overhead projection uh, uh, machine was like a light would be shone through a transparency, go through a bunch of mirrors, and it would go up on the wall, all right? And uh, there was some, again, just side note, great songs back in the day. Did you ever, did the song um, Ancient of Days ever get to you? Blessing and honor, boom, that was my favorite one. But I wasn't like just a normal overhead projection person. I took it to another level, all right? I didn't just put the whole transparency down, okay? I, I formed and fashioned like a piece of paper that had a clean line, and I could feed, you know what I'm saying? Line by line, you know, blessing and honor, shazam, glory and power, shazam. <laughs> nearly never, ever missed, messed up, nearly. Now, to me, I was in church chasing a beautiful girl named Krista who would become my wife. And so every now and then, I'd get like kind of taken by her. And then the song would start flowing. And then pastor would start throwing something at me. But besides that, shazam, shazam, shazam. 
Your suffering, the Bible says, is a transparency through which life can shine and God's glory can be seen. You would have most likely never heard about Noah if it wasn't for a flood that God's glory was revealed through. Come on, most likely, you all would have never heard of this guy Job if it wasn't for his profound loss that God's glory was revealed through. Come on, we'd be sitting here at church and no one would have heard of Sarah's life if it wasn't for her barrenness that she went through for God's glory to be revealed. We wouldn't have heard of Moses if it wasn't for a Pharaoh who would chase him or a season in a desert or standing in an impossible situation looking at a Red Sea. It was God's glory revealed through those darkest and most painful moments. It was the walls of Jericho that revealed the glory of God in Joshua's life. The oppression of the Canaanites that revealed God's glory through Deborah's life. It was a fight with a giant that revealed God's glory through David's life. It was hanging out in a lion's den that revealed God's glory through Daniel's life. And ultimately, We are here right now by the grace of God as a part of a family with Father God as our Father in heaven, citizens of heaven, because God would reveal his glory through the suffering of a son on a cross. My friends, suffering is a transparency through which God's glory is best revealed. I know you're going through it. And I know you've been going through it for too many years. But in the grand scheme of eternity, a million years from now, you'll see what you walk through. And those suffering seasons as the projection of God's glory, his goodness, and his strength through it. Can someone say a good amen to that? I've got a good friend of mine who's going through suffering in this season. His name is Terry Young. A lot of people around the Anderson campus, around the Pendleton area will know Terry. And uh, Terry's a buddy of mine from the gym. He's like a, a fellow older gentleman trying to still chase them games. And uh, a little while back I was at uh, a gas station uh, just off Clemson Boulevard and I was pumping my gas and I heard a damn coming out the window. <laughs> so I finished pumping my gas and went over as Terry in his truck. Stuck my hand through the window, shook his hand and I asked him like, I always ask people, you having a good day? And, uh, and he was real. We like being real here at New Spring Church. Everyone, everywhere in an everyday real relationship with Jesus. He's like, nope, I'm not doing good. So why? I uh, just got my second diagnosis. I've got advanced ALS. For those who don't know what ALS is, it's also known as motor neuron disease. Basically, your nerves start shutting down. 
and it is a terminal condition. And so as a team, we've had the chance to lay hands on Terry, pray for Terry, anoint him with oil. We have staff members who go around weekly. The elders were around, was it last week or the week before? And uh, it's, been, it's been really, really cool to be able to journey with Terry as God's glory is seen clearer and clearer and clearer. So I shot Terry a text earlier this week. I said, hey, Terry, I'm writing this message about suffering. Could you just like send me a text um, in reply about what you're learning through the suffering? And this is what he wrote. This past year, I've come to terms with an imminent death diagnosis. At first, I was scared of death. I was concerned about the security of my salvation. I was living a very busy lifestyle, and when problems arose, I was usually able to find a solution. When I found myself confronted with an incurable disease and had to watch my body deteriorate as my muscles dissolved at a rapid pace, I was devastated. I needed God's help. I needed his forgiveness and peace. I began praying and studying God's word as though I was a student cramming for an exam. I asked God to forgive my past mistakes and heal my body if it was his will. As I leaned more into God through his word and through constant prayer, I found the peace I needed to continue this journey by knowing I am in his righteous right hand. While I was limited in my activities and was home most of the time, I began sharing my faith through emails and texts. I contacted people I needed to forgive and those who I felt needed to forgive me. I asked my wife and children to forgive me for the time I wasted chasing after worldly things instead of spending quality time with them. I told many of my friends and relatives about my faith in Jesus and how in a short time I will see him face to face without shame or guilt because he has paid it all. I felt the urgency of, my, of sharing my faith to help others to prepare to meet Jesus. I can now thank God for the time ALS has given me to prepare for eternity. One friend asked me how she could help her niece cope with the same disease I suffer with. I told her the first thing she needed to do was to make sure her niece had a relationship with Jesus. Then she replied, how do I do that because I don't have a relationship with him? She then asked how she could have what I have, so she came over for me to explain God's plan of salvation before I led her to the Lord. I feel so blessed to have shared my faith with her as we now meet weekly for Bible study and devotions. I know that my Savior has paid it all so that I can be with him for eternity. A future hope. Suffering revealed its worth. I was trying to Terry after he said this and I was reflecting on the fact that he may actually reveal more of God's glory in this season of suffering than he has in his first 50 plus years here on planet Earth. And if it wasn't for his suffering, he might go into eternity. A healthy, happy old man, but have never had a chance, come on, to change eternity. Stop running from the test. Stop hiding from the test. Lean into this season of suffering, knowing that he's closer than ever. His goodness, his kindness, his mercy and his grace will meet you at every turn, and my friends, will be enough.
but let him grow you. Let him change you. Let him refine you. Let him restore you. And as you allow life to shine through your suffering by the grace of God, may his glory, his reality, his goodness, come on, be seen unlike in any other circumstance. Can someone say a good amen to that? Come on, if you're just thanking God for what he's doing through suffering. Mm. So in a few moments time, there'll be a pastor who's going to step onto every single one of our New Spring Campus stages and shepherd this moment. I'm gonna invite everyone just to stand to their feet on all of our campuses and our ministry teams, if you wanna move right now into your spaces, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna hand this life back over to a shepherd in every single campus. The question about suffering. It's a part of the journey. If you sit the test, it'll progress you through this journey. And if you let him, God will reveal himself through your suffering in the journey. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father God, we trust you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, family, we're live back here in the Anderson campus. And what I wanted to do today, really, really simply, is to make sure that if you are going through a season of suffering, can I just, let's be real right now. If that word resonates, if you've gone through, if you're going through a season of suffering, just lift your hand high in the sky right now. Come on, everyone's looking around. All right. You see, you're not alone. We want you to feel and know that there is someone standing with you, praying with you, believing with you. In a few moments time, as we start to worship God in song and response, uh, I'm gonna invite you, if you want to slip out of your seats and find one of our ministry teams to pray with. Um, we've got some of the best people in all of Anderson here ready to knit faith with you. And so we'd love for you to, if you're going through a season of suffering, we'd love to stand with you. For the rest of us, we're going to take communion. If you're a friend of Jesus, if you've been washed by his blood and brought into his family, we're gonna make sure that good news never becomes old news. So the bread and the cup will be taken by all of us. We're going to give our first and our best, our tithe and above and beyond, because when we put God first, it's amazing how everything else in life lines up. We're going to have an opportunity up in the balcony and down here, if you don't have an everyday relationship with Jesus, for you to slip out of your seat and to meet us by the cross. We would love to talk to you about how this is not about religion. It's not about checking boxes. It's about journeying with a king who is there in the highest and the lowest. And we're gonna worship. After your communion or after your prayer, we're just gonna make much of Jesus. As we magnify God, it's amazing how the things of this earth grow strangely dim. So everyone has an opportunity to respond this morning. But especially if you're going through a season of suffering, even myself, I'm gonna pop a breath mint. I'm gonna be hanging around the front. I would love to pray with you. Lord Jesus, as we respond, seal what you have begun in the name of Jesus, amen. Let's respond.
Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina. Thank you.